Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 185, meet Rodier competitor Merle Newton, recorded on May 13, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include... Catching up, as always. Yes. Do you like riding with your dog? Meet Rodier Merle Newton. And a new community Facebook group for lovers of all things equine. So, Diana, how was your Mother's Day? It was lovely. Yeah? Rob made brunch for my daughter Janine and my mom and me. Yeah. And we spent the afternoon at the park watching the kids play soccer. And we went home with beautiful handmade cards and fresh flowers. We were totally spoiled. <laughs> that's that's really nice. Ours was nutty. <laughs> no, yeah. Now, wait a minute. Speaking of nutty, yeah. did you notice that our vet has gotten a bit of a sense of humor? Did you see the sign on the highway? You know what? I started reading it and I whipped my head around and I, okay. I tried I tried to finish reading it, but so it says. It says, it, says about... it says, castrating, gelding, neutering, fixing. The month of May will be nuts. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. Anyway, Dear. speaking of nutty, okay, yes, so that is on. nutty. Anyway, yeah, ours was nutty um, because of all the young babies, uh, the parents, you know, my. <laughs> my my sons and daughter-in-laws uh, figured that they could maybe come out for four hours in the middle of the day on Saturday. Yeah, how did that go? I thought that was that was sounded you know like it would be a workable plan. So it would have been it would have been okay. But my wonderful hubby said he'd take me to the movie on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, that sounds and good. Yeah. yeah, it sounded super until he realized when he woke up Saturday that he'd accidentally booked it for the wrong day. So, so booked it? <laughs> oh, yeah, VIP treatment at the 3D theater. So, oh. So you it's so what did got you go see? Extra room. Well, we saw Avengers, uh, oh. the Avengers Endgame, yeah. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it was 3D. Wow. A, and a three-hour-long movie. So you want to be in seats that are comfy and oh, that yes. sort of thing. So Anyway, it worked out unbelievably well in the end, and, and Sunday was actually very relaxing and lovely because we had literally nothing booked. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. So we had a chance to go out and walk the new trail, and then we spent some time with the horses. And it was such beautiful weather. Oh, my it gosh. Was, it was the best this year. The yeah. only better day I had this year was in the spring when I was in San Diego, and that was just one nice day in San Diego <laughs> out of, like, I don't know, the five or whatever that we, oh. that we were there. Well, I spent Saturday at the outdoor arena at Hastings Lake playing obstacles with two of my students. They had an obstacle fun day for the Hastings Lake Pleasure Horse Association. Oh, so, so was it like a clinic or? No, it was just a go play with the obstacles and, and they set up some really cool obstacles. So they had like the pool noodles set up and mm -hmm. they had a, um, um, what do they call it? The car wash with the, oh, yeah, with the, the strands of, um, mm -hmm. sometimes called wall of trust. Yes. Right? Things yes. like that. Anyway, mm -hmm. they had all kinds of bridges set up and they had some really cool stuff. And yeah. there were people there who could help. And like I helped, I helped one young girl who had a a yearling. There was a couple of them with yearlings, mm -hmm. and I talked her through the pool noodles mm -hmm. with the baby, mm -hmm. and she was she was very happy about it. Cool, it worked really well. Well, um, where did these obstacles come from? Do you know? Does the club own them, or? Well, I think a couple of the club members put them together. Oh, okay. So that's really cool. Yeah. Are they going to be stored at the hall? No, nope. no, they took them home. Yeah. 
right? Oh, cool. cool. Anyway, who was it? It was Deb. Uh, oh my goodness! It would have been a great Vivian. Deb and Vivian oh, put it on for us, and that's, uh, that's great. yeah, they helped us out. And I was very proud of my horses. Very mm-hmm. proud of my students. They did an awesome job, all of them. Wow, that would have been a great Facebook Live opportunity, Diana. Oops, I was too busy. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh well. So uh, we do have this interview with with Merle Newton, and Mm -hmm. um, you were quite delighted by this discipline. Oh, yes. Do you want to introduce our listeners to what they... What, you know, roe deer is all about? Sure. So it's basically, it's working cattle through obstacles with a horse and a dog. Well, it sounds like more than just working cattle. (laughs) Like, like, so it's through obstacles. Okay. Then I guess that's, yeah, that's a little bit. Yeah, so different than sorting, right? Mm -hmm. So... Um, when you're sorting with horses, you're working in teams of three with two other riders, mm-hmm. right? And uh, all the, all cattle mm-hmm. have stickers mm-hmm. on their bums mm-hmm. with numbers on them. And so as you approach the herd, they call it a number, and you have to find the animals with that number and cut them out of the herd and put them into a holding pen. Oh, yeah. And it's a timed event, and it's a very quick timed event, just a couple of minutes. Right. Right, so it's very speedy. No dogs involved. No, right. <laughs> yeah, the dogs would probably be a detriment. Oh, to they this. would. Yes. In fact, there was one dog that was running up and down the cattle chute. Oh, shit! Uh, freaking the horses out. Anyway, it was funny. Oh dear. Anyhow, so this is yeah. The the um, roe deer is quite different because it's a timed event, but it's done slowly. So mm-hmm. there's not you're not racing around. You're, right. You're walking around. So it's quite different, but very different. sounds just as much fun. Oh, totally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I did post some pictures of the roe deer exercise earlier for patrons, and uh, I had a bit of an explanation about what was happening, but Merle does a very good job of describing what goes on. Oh, and by the way, we should mention that Merle had his dog SJ with him during the interview. (laughs) Yes, yes. (laughs) Let's hear what Merle had to say. Let's. All right, so we're here at the main event in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada, and fortunate to be here with Merle Newton. And Merle, this is something very new to the main event, what you're showcasing for people. And so can you tell us a little bit about what it is you are doing here at the main event? Well, basically it is a cow dog training clinics that I'm doing. Uh, It's also uh, uh, a clinic involving a a competition that we call a roe deer competition, which is uh, basically a cow dog competition where you use your horse and your dog together uh, to manipulate cattle through obstacles and so forth. Now, I know that I heard you talk about the uh, reason it's called the roe deer and what it means. Yeah, uh, roe deer basically is a Latin word or Spanish word that means to circle something, to to round it up. I guess maybe that's where the roundup idea comes from. But uh, uh, on out on some of the big cattle ranches like uh, in Nevada, out in the high desert, where it's a long ways to the corral, the cowboys will roe deer the cattle. So they they circle them up and uh, and hold them hold the we call that holding the roe deer, and they'll sort off the cows they want to sort or maybe rope and brand or whatever out of the roe deer and uh, so uh, my wife and I have uh, run some big ranches and uh, sometimes it's just the two of us so we use the dogs cow dogs to hold the roe deer and so we uh, uh, developed that into a competition there was a fellow named Ambrose McCulloch that uh, started the first roe deer competition and he bought a dog from us and he saw us using the dog for that purpose so he decided it would be a great competition. And uh, so we start with a sort. We actually go in and sort our own cows out and then uh, go through a series of obstacles with the cows. And uh, that uh, roe deer uh, sport, if you will, 
is becoming uh, pretty popular uh, nationwide now. And I can well imagine because, of course, most of us that have horses also <laughs> have dogs. That's right. And those dogs often ride along with us at a heel or even if they're not um, working cattle, even if we don't have cattle. I have sheep, but I don't work the sheep. <laughs> with a dog. But I could see where it could really add an element of fun to what you're doing with your horse it and is, your dog. And it, it doesn't appeal to all dog people. It's not for everybody. Uh, folks that do uh, sheepdog competitions or uh, cow dog competitions on foot, they don't, uh, uh, some, some of them don't, this doesn't fit them. This is a cowboy deal. People that uh, uh, have some cow savvy can ride a horse and, uh, have a dog that's uh, doesn't have to be the brokest dog in the world but a dog that can help them yeah can enjoy this and uh, it really fits you know ranchers that use their dog or sometimes horse trainers that use their dog to help them uh, cutting horse trainers have a turn back dog or whatever and um, they really do they really do enjoy it yeah now i was fascinated watching you to see um I hazard to say I've done a little bit of cutting, <laughs> a little bit of sorting. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. <laughs> a little bit. And, yeah, there's a lot to be said for exactly where you position your horse and your horse's head to yeah. stop or start a cow. Martin Black says uh, the horse's head is like a loaded gun. Where If you walk in a room and somebody's got a gun pointed at you, you're not going to approach them. Yep. If the gun's just laying crossways in front of them on the desk, then it's not a threat to you. So that's the, the example where your horse's head is pointed. If your horse's head is pointed toward the cow, then it's a threat to it. If you move it off of the cow, then it's not a threat. And that allows your dog to bring the cows past your horse. So uh, a lot of people think that in order to stop a cow, you've got to point your horse's head at the cow. But really, if you just pull your horse's head off of the cow... That's when they stop. You take the pressure off the cow. Yeah, and then the, I think the thing I took away the most from watching uh, both of your um, you did the demonstration earlier with just in the round pen, uh-huh. and then the other one out in the big arena was uh, that the dog has to respect the flight zone of the livestock. Exactly. And if you can't teach them to do that, you have no control. That's right. That's exactly right. And that's the biggest thing that we fight. Uh, we. Uh, my wife and I give lots of lessons. We train lots of dogs for other people. And uh, that's the thing we see most is the the Border Collie wants to be in there inside the flight zone and making the livestock move. And um, we want them to learn to control it and stay out on the edge of the flight zone. See, in training dogs, we're just doing uh, uh, stuff that the dog already knows how to do, uh, all the instinct that's already in the dog. We're just curving those to fit our need. And uh, one of the things that... Uh, you see predators do, uh, for instance, say uh, uh, coyotes stalking sheep. You'll see a bunch of sheep uh, huddled together in the middle of the field, and you look around, you'll find some coyotes out there sneaking around stalking those sheep. Rodeo, 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 sheep. What they're doing is they're waiting for somebody to make a break for it, and then uh, usually if there's uh, use with lambs they'll stay there but mm-hmm. maybe a young lamb that doesn't have a mother in there might uh, the, the pressure will get to him and he'll take a break uh, he'll he'll break uh, and run and the dogs will or the cows will kill him. so that yeah. instinct is in the border collie and then we use that to control the livestock and that's that flight zone that we're talking about staying out on the edge of that flight zone 
Yeah, just to keep them a little more controlled. Now, um, I was thinking that the young man that you had in there on horseback was that was it Ben? Ken. 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 Ken uh-huh. He did a he did a fabulous job with some direction from you. Yes. Um, yes. With mostly with the horse mm-hmm. too, even more so than the dog. But uh, they did a pretty decent job. That looked like a very difficult exercise to me. So just to describe to our listeners, mm-hmm. um, explain that obstacle. Okay, basically, uh, we call it a roundabout, which is like a roundabout in traffic. Uh, basically, you uh, bring the cattle in one side of the roundabout, and you go all the way around the uh, barrel that's sitting in the middle and uh, back out the same opening. Now, if your cows, there's three other openings that the cows can go out. If they go out one of those other openings, they get less points. So they get five points per cow if they go all the way around. If they go out the first opening, they get one point per cow, two points per cow, three points per cow, and so on as they go around the obstacle. <clears throat> so uh, that's the kind of obstacles we like to use in a roe deer competition because uh, we wind up with different scores. Yeah. Like a person can make it all the way through the course and maybe not have a perfect score, but at least can get through the course and uh, and enjoy it. And then uh, it doesn't become a timed event, a race, because they take their time and they're working, using their cow savvy and their stockmanship and try, working, trying to get the most points they can as they go through the course. Now, I think even without the competitions, although I could see people really wanting to get into it, but even out at my place... Perhaps my sheep would work for that because I know, you know, Sylvia's husband Rob comes in to ride, and I mean he's not—he's not a cowboy, but no. he likes to sit on his horse and and he likes to have something to do. And one day the sheep were in there, and they were herding the sheep around, and it was great fun. So I'm thinking if he had the dog too. It was, but I—I I thought it was very interesting the way you had the one um, exercise you had uh, Ken doing was. The horse was driving and the dog was flanking. Mm-hmm. And then when they got to the other end, the horse would flank and the dog would drive. Right. They'd switch mm-hmm. positions. That was basically up and down the fence line. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's just an exercise to help Ken understand about stopping and starting cattle and uh, the idea that, you know, if all the cattle are going uh, one direction, their heads all pointed one direction, that's where they'll go. If they're looking different directions, then they're stopped. Yeah, that was hilarious because he did, at one point, he had all three cows looking in opposite directions and nobody was going anywhere. Right. <laughs> okay, so, and you are so calm when you're talking to people. Oh, about, thank you. <laughs> so calm, so quiet. Well, it's, it's, uh, sometimes it's difficult uh, because you're, you're telling them, turn your horse's head to the right, turn your horse's head to the right, you know. And uh, it's like... The other right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I can sympathize because I've been there too. <laughs> and it's so, hard when they're so focused on what they're doing. Sometimes even logic escapes, you yeah. know. <laughs> well, the hardest thing for people to do is to move that horse's head off of that cow. Yeah. Because in all the other disciplines, we're taught to keep our horse looking at the cow. You that's know. right. You, exactly. You, and the horse is trained. And if you're yeah. sitting on a horse that's trained to keep their eye on the cow, yeah, it's pretty hard to right. convince them not to. The horse I was to. using today was really hard to keep it. Keep yeah. him, like, he's a cow horse. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, but the horse that works the best for roe deer is one that you can move the different parts of the horse. You can move this horse's head without moving the whole body of the horse. You can move the back end, the front end, and position your horse wherever you need to uh, uh, affect the cattle. You yeah. actually did a fine job of disguising the fact that it was difficult on the horse you were riding. Mm-hmm. But the other thing that you said was, you'll know when you're ready for competition, when you can uh, keep yourself, keep the, keep the sheep still, 
mm-hmm. and move the dog around the sheep mm-hmm. and then keep the dog still and move the sheep around the dog mm-hmm. when you can do both of those things yeah those are the two things you if your dog if you can't keep your dog still while the livestock move around your dog both directions then he's probably going to mess up the competition for you he's going to get up and do something he's going to be trying to cover his cows when he doesn't need to so he's got to learn to let the cattle go especially when you're working with a horse too and one of you might be doing one job and he's got to understand you got to wait for your part because we're doing this exactly and then of course if you can't settle the livestock and move your dog in any position you need around the livestock either direction, then your dog's going to be penetrating that flight zone we're talking about yeah. and causing the livestock to, to, uh, to move. Now, the other thing you talked about was uh, you start training your pups at a very young age just to uh, move away from pressure. Yes. or to. Uh, yes. And you can kind of see what the problem is with the 8-year-old dogs that, that bit the flag. Yeah. because they, they don't understand about giving to pressure. And you see how important that is. Now, you said at the age of three days. Three days old, uh-huh. You'd pick up a puppy. It's hard to believe. And you don't set them down until they stop and, wiggling. But you have to hold them like an inch off of the floor. Yeah, because if they can they, 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 only, they may only stop for a split second, yeah. and then you set them down. Yeah. Now, the next day, you go back and you pick up those puppies, and half of them, well, just as soon as you pick them up, they'll just go limp in your hand because they, they already know at three days old the way to get away from that pressure is to give to it. So i got to tell you something cute. I had a litter of eight puppies, healer puppies, part healer, part border collie puppies. They were all gone to new homes by the time they were, you know, six weeks, eight weeks old. But when I said, all puppies come, they would all come in a semicircle around me and they would get fed treats one at a time. Right, and there was eight of them, and they would all wait for their treats. So you don't have to wait until the dog is six months old to start training it. We're all right. <laughs> now we wouldn't. We of course wouldn't start uh, commands. Now, I really don't like to start uh, giving my dog commands. Uh, I don't teach them the flank commands, which is to come by and away, the left and right, until they're a year old. And you, I think you said you start, you introduce the pops at six months. At, well, we introduce them to livestock before that. Okay. Even even uh, uh, three months, four months, we let them chase sheep around a little bit just to get that instinct brought out in them. Uh, but at six months, I like to have them where I can at least kind of send them around the backside of the sheep. Yep. And stop them and call them off. Yeah. At six months. And uh, the, our customers that... Uh, bring dogs to us for training uh, we ask them to bring them at six months and uh, we'll do that and then uh, they take them home and they bring them back at a year and we put about three months on yeah them we put three months on uh, them at a year mm-hmm. and then and then they're ready to start working well they're ready for at least a ranch job uh, they're ready to uh, be handled at least by a novice handler they do have they, they might not be uh, have all the whistles and bells and whistles so to speak on them and be able to do an open competition there's our question the whistling. Do you have a special whistle that you use? And yeah, it's uh, it's it's what all dog handlers use. It's kind of hard to learn to blow. But it looks uh, like because folks, it looks like a triangle. Oh no! Uh, and the got, puppy here. You've got SJ. Well, all my, all <laughs> my whistles are. SJ says, uh, "Is it time to work?" C- come after the wolf whistle, like you're whistling at a pretty girl, <laughs> yeah. because that makes it easy for my. Uh, 
students to understand them or you know someone that buys a dog from us to understand them <laughs> so that uh, that you have a uh, the the wolf whistle would be like uh, <laughs> so the first part of that is the away oh. the second part of it is the come by poor, poor SJ He's so one goes up and one goes down mm-hmm. low to high and high to low Okay. And so if we were telling people, this is so much fun. So if you're telling people um, that if you're going counterclockwise, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's come by. Away. Away. Away is counterclockwise. Here's a good way to say it. Come by is as time goes by. So come by is clockwise. Clockwise. Mm. And away away is the other way. Is the Mm. other way. Mm. That's an easy way to remember. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Come by is is the way the time went. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So Mm. I have a hard enough time with gi and ha. (laughs) (laughs) Let's not confuse our (laughs) listeners. Oh, my goodness. (laughs) I don't know if anyone even uses those driving commands for horses anymore. Oh, yeah, they do. You know, they do. I think they do, uh, probably. Uh, no, they use them for uh, sled dogs. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yes, that's yes, right, because sure. my sister trains sled dogs. Yes. And she did use Guillaume. Yeah. So, um, so you have a, just a few commands that you use, and one is walk up, mm-hmm. and one is down, uh-huh. or lay down, uh-huh. and then come by and away. Mm-hmm. And are, is is that all of them, or? That's basically the verbal commands that we use. Um, now. Um, I, uh, in, in whistles, I can do a lot more than that. Yes, because you can tell them faster, faster? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I can speed them up, slow them down. And then, see, I would use the first part of the whistle. I call that a short flank. <coughs> to move my dog forward a, a short distance. You know, he knows right. I'm just moving him a little bit, a little bit. Then, if I want him to take a wide flank, if I want him to go way out and stop the cows or whatever, <coughs> I'll extend it on out. Right. And, uh, oh, that is so, so cool. It so is. It's so, like a whole so, other language. It is. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know if you know or not, but for walk up, you know. And then if I want him to make the cattle move, really, really walk up faster. So they really, really get the light in. <laughs> oh, I feel bad for SJ. <laughs> He's looking for the cattle. SJ's going, what? <laughs> so. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So it's just, it just looks like. A ton of fun. You know, there's nothing more fun than uh, doing something, accomplishing a task with your two best friends. Right. You, you got a really or good time. Or three in the case of your wife. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, it's true. <laughs> but, uh, you know, you got a good saddle horse and a good dog, and that feeling of, of working together with them and uh, accomplishing something and, uh, uh, and being smarter than a cow, that helps too. But, uh, <laughs> Uh, anyway, that's that is a, a bunch of fun, and uh, we see more and more people enjoying that. And the other thing is, a lot of people like myself, you know, I'm too old to rodeo anymore, but I can still do something. I can still compete and uh, still ride my horse and, yeah. uh, and use my dog. And a lot of people, you know, like you said yourself, you do cutting. You have done some cutting, and uh, a lot of people, you know, maybe their uh, their back isn't up to the jar of a cutting horse anymore and i uh, sorry i wasn't cutting i was sorting sorting mm-hmm. okay. a whole lot easier than cutting <laughs> it's true <laughs> but uh 
but you know they can uh, they can do this. Yeah, it's it's, it's something that us old uh, senior citizens can do. It's, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, this is good for me because I just had a hip replacement, oh, so and I just started riding again. And while I can canter, it's very nice just to be able to walk around. and And I would love to have a dog again. I and my last dog is is now gone. And yeah, it sounds like something that would be just really fun to get into. I, I used to always ride down the road with my dog; would always heal with me. Right, and so he knew exactly where he had to be, mm-hmm. but um, even that was fun. So I could just see now. First, before but before we let you go, um, tell us how you first got into dogs and horses. Well, um, I think I was kind of born into it uh, as a small boy on the farm. We called it a farm in those days, instead of a ranch in Oklahoma. Um, my dad would turn the cows out every morning on the wheat field, and uh, it wasn't fenced, and it was open range, so they'd be scattered all over. In the evening, I'd come home and get off the school bus. First thing I'd do is run and get my horse and my dog and, and go get the cows back in, put, a, put them away. Then later on, I moved to uh, California and uh, started working on some bigger ranches in uh, far northern California in the mountains there. And, uh, you pretty much had to have a dog to get it done there. And that's where I kind of fell in love with cow dogs, really. And then later on, uh, I got a, a, a border collie. And uh, we used to think that border collies were too weak to work cattle, that they were just sheep dogs. <laughs> but then uh, now they've they've evolved into a, a great, strong cow dog that uh, can have some bite to them and, and so forth. And uh, then uh, probably back... Um, well, I was training dogs somewhat professionally probably in the 80s. Then uh, in the 90s, um, I uh, started making uh, more money on the dogs than anything else I was doing. So I uh, started training them professionally and, and uh, started and competing with them. You're so in forth. Texas now? In Texas now. I started out in Oklahoma, went to California, and uh, now uh, come back to East Texas, which is kind of like the the oaky part of Texas okay. <laughs> fits me. <laughs> and how did you meet your wife, since you're both very much into the dogs? Well, yeah, she's. Uh, uh, we're, we are both into dogs, and that's probably why we're why we're together. You know, we have uh, we bo- we do both train, and she's a very good dog trainer herself. And uh, so we have uh, we kind of each have our own dogs, and we have our own customers, <laughs> and some people want her to train their dogs some people want me to train them and um, she's uh, there's a uh, in Red Bluff California there's something called the Red Bluff Bull and Gilding Sale which is a, a huge event the big trade show sort of like this event here and um, they sell cow dogs there and we've taken several dogs there my wife has sold 25 dogs at the Red Bluff Bull and Gilding Sale over the last 25 wow. years wow so um, yeah and these aren't for a small fee Burden. These aren't for a small fee. They are not for a small fee. You know, they, <laughs> they. Uh, we've had the high selling dog there a few times. It started out, the high selling dog was like three thousand mm-hmm. uh, dollars. Now they uh, last year they sold two dogs for thirty thousand apiece. Wow, hey. unbelievable. That's wow, great. Wow, wow. But they are they are awesome dogs, and it just Incredible. makes oh my, it just makes my heart pound when I watch them working. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this was so awesome. If people, you, well, I just wanted. You said that there's competitions like in New York for yes. these. Can yes. you tell us a little bit about uh, where the competitions are? And well, the uh, last year we did one on the Fourth of July at Horseheads, New York, mm-hmm. which is a smaller town in uh, upstate New York, I mm-hmm. guess. 
and it was at a fairgrounds, and it was uh, in connection with the sorting that they had, and they had the, had the cattle there. Uh, we did a clinic prior to that there, and uh, uh, lots of interest, lots of people. Yeah. A big, big competition, and we're going back again this year and do another clinic and do another roe deer competition there. Um, we have uh, done one in Fort Bridger, Wyoming, um, and uh, there's a, actually another one in um, another. Can't think of the name of the town right now in Wyoming that uh, at a fair there that uh, that we're doing. Mm-hmm. What was interesting about that one is how the the little cowboys and cowgirls come out of the, those ranches there. There's there's some people there that can ride a horse and work a dog. Now I'm telling you, that was really really good watching. And then of course California. Yeah. Uh, we just came from California doing some clinics and uh, putting on some competitions there. And then uh, and then Texas. And we'll be putting on one the first weekend when we get home and uh, at uh, Graham, Texas, called the Waco Bend Ranch there, a big, great big horse ranch. And then our finals will be at the Snapple Bit Futurity, which is a, a big yeah. horse event, a reined cow horse event at the Will Rogers Center there in Texas. Hmm. And uh, last year we had uh, about $7,000 in prize money, a custom saddle, uh, buckles, and uh, $1,500 worth of other prizes, so it's it's worth a drive. Now, this is the first time you've come north into Canada to show off this sport? It is, yep, it is. Go and, uh, main event. Yeah, uh, go and, main event, yeah. Yeah, and it, it, um, Ron, who we're very grateful for that puts on this event, uh, seemed to think that this roe deer competition would really fit this area because there's a lot of a lot of cowboys here. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, a lot of cowboys, a lot of dogs, mm-hmm. and yeah, that's yeah. that is just so awesome. Well, so, thanks for telling us about that. Now I'm sorry I interrupted. Well, no, no, Go ahead. I was you just going to say, say if people want to get a hold of you or learn more, learn more. Yes, uh, well, there's a website. Um, our our website is called Cow Dog Training Online, or you can also uh, get into it by uh, Crystal Rose Cow Dog College, and uh, then uh, Roe Deer America uh, website, which has uh, the, the uh, competitions listed on it. We have a calendar of events on there, and we have results. Uh, keep tr- we keep track of the results for people on that website. And those are all .com websites, I assume. Yes, yeah. .com. Yes. <laughs> Oh, well, wow. Merle, thank you so much. This, it was absolutely awesome to watch your uh, two exhibitions well, here. It's my pleasure. I'd rather do, I can't think of anything I'd rather do than talk about dogs and horses. <laughs> thank right you on. so much. Thank you. I think a lot of horse owners with dogs would love to try this roadier experience. Right. Well, they'd have to start with their dogs fairly young, right? Because <laughs> it's hard to teach an old dog new, new tricks. <laughs> but I think we have to tell the cute story about the missing voice command. Because uh, we missed one. I, I don't know I don't know what that is. <laughs> okay. So this was quite cute. Okay. Because Merle told us after. Okay. That I don't remember. Him and his wife, Crystal, I think her name is, were at an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was a it, they were actually competing. Oh and she <laughs> okay, had she now. had run over <laughs> the penalty line, yep. hadn't stopped her horse soon enough. Right. Um and you have to stop in front of this penalty line and wait for the dog to get the cattle round up and start to bring them towards you before you can cross that line. Yes. Kind of like being offside in hockey, right? Right. And she had missed it in an earlier competition and, and lost points. Yeah. Uh, or being disqualified or something, I don't know. Yeah. And so as she headed up with her horse, she was heading up pretty quick. And so Merle kind of calls out from the crowd, hey, watch out, right? <laughs> and without without a break at all, she just turns and fires back at him in the crowd. Yeah. That'll do, Merle. 
And that's that's the other voice command. <laughs> that's they use, true. Yeah, they use it's the voice true. command. That'll do. Yes. That will do. But they say that'll, that'll do. do. Mm-hmm. That'll do, Merle. Yeah. That'll do. Which SJ. is basically the same as the way we used out when we not were training. Not quite. Not quite. Not quite. Because okay. out means stop, and they will oh, you know just true. stop. That's true. Right? And that'll do just means it's time to stop working. And con- that'll do. Go lay down. Yeah. Right, so yeah. that'll do is kind of like go lay down. You're yeah. done. Yeah, right. <laughs> We're done but, here. Yeah. But they say it very, and some, and sometimes they do because SJ kept wanting to work the cattle. It was so funny because in the exhibitions, when he was working with somebody else and their dog, SJ yeah. would sneak away and start start working the cattle. Yeah, right. And yeah. that, of course, is the problem with having a working cattle dog. Yes, you can't leave them alone with the cattle. Right. Or the sheep. They'll be working them. They'll be working them and yes. maybe more than that. Yeah. So, yeah, so he kept turning, and then the crowd would start to laugh, and he turned around and that'll do, SJ. <laughs> <laughs> right? And eventually he had to tie him up. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, well, one thing that I think is interesting is that uh, somebody up in, in our area apparently has a ranch called That'll Do Ranch. <laughs> yeah, it? remember? Well, yes, yes, but that's his friend. Yeah, yeah, it's his friend. That's his yeah. friend. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we need to check out That'll Do Ranch. <laughs> that'll Do Ranch. Yeah. Uh, but the other thing that I was kind of laughing about all the time you were giving that explanation is because I was explaining to <laughs> Merle really wanted to know um, how to find the podcast and he wanted to know how to find oh, yes, it on that his was iPhone cute. Yes. and he wanted to know how to download it and that sort of thing and so I showed him where the um, the I, iTunes store is and how you get updates and I mm-hmm. said see there it's downloading now and he says well how do you know? And I said, well, see, it's, see that, that little, that roe deer, it's coming by. <laughs> and, and you and looked at me and come, said, come by. And I said, that'll do. That'll do, that'll do, <laughs> but, Sylvia. But come by is actually clockwise. Yeah, clockwise. So, and yeah. it does spin clockwise. It does. Yes, it does indeed. So, it was funny. Yeah, it was cute. We had he a lot had of fun with Merle. Yeah, yeah. We sure did. Anyway. Well, the only other thing that I wanted to to mention, which I mm-hmm. thought was really <laughs> kind of interesting, uh-huh. is is when you were talking to Merle about those how many puppies? Oh, the eight little puppies. The eight yes. puppies that you were feeding yeah. treats one at a time, and I remember those puppies. And you'd say, "All puppies come," and they would all come very obediently and <laughs> sit in a semicircle. And and yeah. one of those puppies was mine, yes, and she yeah. was the best dog ever and I really miss her. Oh, she was a good dog. Cinder was an awesome dog. Yeah, I don't think I could have sold her for the price Merle gets for his dog so <laughs> not not that I ever would have sold her but wow but she you was know, a good dog. But you know I'm sure if we had worked those dogs they would have been awesome. They would have been you know for, for, sure. for that purpose Yeah, for working sheep and cattle. Yeah they would have been. Yeah. Jillian would have had a job to do. She was the one <laughs> she, that needed a job She needed a job that's yeah, for but sure. But she was awesome too. Yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, I'm I'm just looking at uh, things happening on the horizon. There's supposed to be a Jonathan Field Clinic this week. Oh. And, like, I think it's um, maybe starts tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So I'm I'm thinking of dropping into it as an auditor and maybe... Maybe I'll pick up some equipment there too, but no, that sounds nice. I tried contacting the person in charge and I haven't heard back, but she may be so super busy. Maybe I'll have to call her because mm-hmm. uh, I sent an email. Oh, I thought maybe you were talking about on the weekend. No, no, it's actually Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, mm-hmm. the 14th, 15th, maybe That's 14th through 17th. Yeah. 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 So oh. I have to double check, but I just thought it would be a good idea to kind of go audit it anyway. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Well, I thought you were talking about the weekend, and I was going to say I have a working weekend cleanup 
Mm. planned. Not nearly as much fun, but I am looking forward to the cleanup. As always, yeah, Mm -hmm. for sure, yeah. Well, and I guess that we're rapidly coming down to the end of our our episode, and I want to make sure that we thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. And without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out, so Mm -hmm. thank you. Mm -hmm. If you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast so diana the one other thing i want to make sure i do is remind people that we have the community facebook group going now it's it's done Mm -hmm. i officially opened it up last friday uh well our patrons on patreon knew about it earlier of course okay so tell us more well this facebook group can act like a companion to the podcast but really it's much more than that all right Okay, so people joining the group Mm -hmm. can be part of a community where anyone interested in horses and other equines can chat and enjoy being together online. Ah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. People can ask and answer questions, and I've tentatively created some themes for each day (laughs) of the week to encourage equine-loving people to stay committed to what they love and what they want to do with equines. Oh, wow. Yeah. I expect it will be a wonderful place for our equine community. Yeah. And I think people should let us know what other fun things they do with their dogs and their horses combined. Oh, well. <laughs> sometimes people sometimes, sometimes it's Rex, no, go home. No, back to the bar. No, go home. But, you know. <laughs> no, I'm sure I there's bet some they other check things. fence. And, you know, if it was my sister out there on her horse, she'd be getting her dogs to pick things up for oh, her when she dropped them. Her dogs are so incredible. Awesome. Yeah. 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 Well, let's uh, let our listeners know how to find the group. Absolutely. There's a visit group button under the main image at the top of the Equinely Inclined Facebook page at facebook.com slash equinely inclined. Right. And when you join the group, make sure you set your notification settings and it'll be really easy because there's going to be a pointer. There is a pointer pointing down to the notifications from the image. Oh, okay. (laughs) And if people are not on Facebook, please let us know what your favorite social media platform is. Right. You can reach us by email at podcast at canadaequine.com. So the next episode, Diana, we do have at least five more interviews for our listeners. We do. So I really want to keep going. Are you still okay for recording next week? I am. Sounds good. Maybe it'll be me who's not. (laughs) I hope I I have to make myself available, though. Uh So we can't wait to see you, dear listeners, in the Facebook group. Uh, so we can be more engaged with you. So go to the Facebook page at facebook.com slash inclined and click on visit group and you'll be able to join the group from there. And please find someone new to introduce to the world of horses. And my one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. You can find out more about our Patreon account at patreon.com slash equinepodcast. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar. And give your horses big hugs for us. <laughs>